This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. USDA lowered the corn yield from 177 bushels an acre to 175 bushels per acre in Friday's USDA Supply and Demand Report. That lowers new crop corn production to 14.3 billion bushels. The soybean yield was the big surprise in the in the report, with USDA raising soybean yields from 51.5 bushels per acre to 51.9 bushels per acre. Soybean production was then raised from 4.5 billion bushels to 4.53 billion bushels. USDA raised the average wheat yield slightly to 47.5 bushels per acre, leaving production nearly unchanged. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith said USDA soybean yield was a major surprise to this market. The market was completely blindsided by that, and that turned what was a reasonably good corn number. The corn number came in about as expected and should have been supportive, but this shock to the bean market since soybeans you know, spiking lower, and that kind of took the corn down a little bit with it. The wheat market, I can see every tick that trades. The wheat market, not only did it not change, it didn't even really trade. Smith says the report was friendly to that wheat market. As far as the wheat goes, uh, the wheat numbers for uh, wheat ending stocks came in at wheat yields. They bumped those up to 47.5. That was uh, pretty much in line with expectation. Wheat ending stocks, they actually cut to 610 from 639. The street was looking for a bump to 649. So while the wheat is largely not really even traded that much, the number was actually fairly supportive to wheat. USDA lowered new crop corn ending stocks from 1.47 billion bushels to 1.38 billion in Friday's supply demand report. Season average corn price unchanged at $6.65 a bushel. Soybean ending stocks were raised 15 million bushels to 245 million. Season average soybean price is down 5 cents a bushel at 14.35 per bushel. Wheat ending stocks down 29 million bushels to 610 million. Season average price uh, down big though for wheat, down a dollar and 25 cents a bushel to 9.25 per bushel. Global soybean ending stocks increased 2 million metric tons. Global corn uh, corn ending stocks fell slightly and wheat held steady. From a global perspective, Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi said there's really nothing new here other than Ukraine will be exporting about 3.5 million metric tons more corn and 1.5 million metric tons more wheat due to their open corridor. With that in mind, the USDA did trim U.S. corn exports by 50 million bushels, and uh, we saw soybean exports going up slightly. Uh, Wheat exports went up slightly, but at the end of the day, this report lacks a lot of surprises. And at the end of the day, we did see soybeans and corn trading higher, wheat trading mixed. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose said the trade was right back to trading weather. Report it was uh, a bit negative on soybeans, actually, so the crop's getting bigger, not smaller. Uh, of course, the people in the dry area wonder about that. But, you know, we last year we finished the bean crop off and we put our lows in November as the crop did get bigger as we got some moisture. So, like you alluded to, you know, it's going to be up to the forecast next year and see or next week and see if we get some moisture come through. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
The North Dakota mill has been producing northern-grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour in 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota mill from the competition. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest, and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. Follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235. Brought to you by SRS Commodities, North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, and BASF, your season-long pressure relief portfolio for growing dry beans. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The Senate passed the Inflation Reduction Act this last week and the House took a vote on it on Friday. The proposal includes $40 billion for agriculture programs and there's $20 billion in conservation funding included in that Inflation Reduction Act. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar sees it as a jumpstart. We see it as kind of a down payment on something we would have had to get in the future. Um, so that was a really uh, a big part of this for us was actually getting the conservation, some of the conservation funding, not all of it, from that title early on. And we don't think it's going to hurt us in making the deal on the farm bill because there's going to be other things as well. Klobuchar is confident there will be dollars available for other parts of next year's farm bill. The infusion of conservation program funding is divided among the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, known as EQIP, the Regional Conservation Partnership Program, Conservation Stewardship Program and Ag Conservation Easement Program. National Council of Farmer Cooperatives President and CEO Chuck Connor says these investments make it easier to write a climate-friendly farm bill. Resources are already tight. You know, we're just going to be under a lot of budget pressures. The nutrition programs are taking a greater and greater percent of the farm bill dollars uh, going forward. I think estimates are now up to 84 percent of the farm bill is going to nutrition programs. So that doesn't leave a lot uh, out there for, you know, that sort of direct help for farmers. And so how you allocate that is going to be critical. You know, if we do have the additional $20 billion from this bill, I think it, it's going to make that farm portion of this come together a lot uh, easier and, and, again, frankly, a lot better because, as I have been saying for a long time, I think this next farm bill has got to have a climate focus to it in order to pass in a bipartisan way. In Minnesota's first district, Republican Brad Finstad will be filling the seat left vacant of the former Congressman Jim Hagedorn. Finstad was sworn into office on Friday in Washington, D.C. Rolling up my sleeves and getting to work, taking my uh, farmer mentality to Washington, D.C. There's committee, uh, committee openings, and so I I've uh, been presented with that, so I proudly uh, selected my first uh, interest and my first option is serving on that egg committee, uh, and then and then we'll see. Back in North Dakota, the Minnesota soybean processors are working through final approvals for the proposed soy crush facility in Castleton. Executive General Manager Jeremy Weller says the general contractor is starting to do dirt work. The past few weeks, we did finish the uh, the upgrade to the county uh, the the township road coming from the south to allow construction equipment to start to come in. So um, main thing we're, we're waiting on for, uh, for final permitting for the, for the plant. We've got some local ones to do yet uh, that we're working on, but the, really the air permit and construction permit from the state of North Dakota is the, the final straw to, to start 
full-blown construction, So, but we're expecting that over the next uh, month or so. Weller says the official groundbreaking is scheduled for August 24th in Castleton, North Dakota. The North Dakota Corn Growers Association organized 35 years ago. There was an anniversary celebration with that in Mapleton, North Dakota earlier this week. Fairmount, North Dakota farmer Wally Hardy was at the table when the association was formed. Well, the 80s were a tough time, as you, as you know. I remember going to a grain elevator, my local elevator in 1983, January of 1983, and uh, I was delivering a, a, a tandem load of corn, about 600 bushel. I looked at the scale ticket, it was $1.35, you know, and I did the quick math, and, and I thought, wait a minute, I'm going to get less than $800 for this load of corn. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of, it kind of hit me like a bolt of lightning. You know, my career in farming may not be very long if this continues. Hardy was the first North Dakotan to lead the North Dakota Corn Growers Association. He led the association when ethanol became a major market for U.S. corn. Agricultural land values saw a record increase year over year this year. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Danny Munch says the increase in South Dakota land values is notable. For uh, general ag land, which includes the value of all land and buildings on farms, South Dakota actually had the third uh, biggest jump, 19% uh, from last year. Uh, Minnesota jumped up 17% from last year, and North Dakota 13% from last year. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Cap off your summer with the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers reunion Labor Day weekend in Rowag, Minnesota. This year, featuring Rumley oil pull tractors and machinery, along with Kerosene Annie. You'll enjoy hundreds of exhibits and demonstrations, Thresherman's homestyle meals, and more. You can ride the rails with the 353 locomotive. Something for everyone. September 2nd through the 5th, Labor Day weekend. The Western Minnesota Steam Thrushers Reunion. You'll find more details at Rolog.com. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. Is urging the group of 20 nations to address food insecurity. Also speaking at today's NDSU Extension Weed Plot Tour was NDSU Weed Scientist. The program is for farmers and ranchers who suffered livestock or feed losses. There are possible storm clusters too, bringing rain to areas of the country. Markets, weather, farm policy. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear it on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather, this week in agriculture, I'm Claire Lyseth on the Red River Farm Network. In the last month, National Weather Service Warning Coordination Meteorologist Greg Gust says the drier conditions started to creep back into North Dakota. Rains are spotty and there is crop stress showing up. Really, you look at any one county and you can find areas that are really sitting good and areas that Got missed. If you were to look from, say, Finley Sharon area, Kitty Corner down, so in East Central North Dakota, Kitty Corner down toward Linton, kind of in the South Central, there's some areas where you're starting to push into that, you know, couple inches below normal here in the last 30 days, which, you know, they're, they're spotty areas, but they're showing up. And then if you look over a longer period, so the past 90 days, most of the growing season, in fact, then those areas that are looking two, three, even four inches below normal are still relatively small. And that's why, for instance, Southern Richland County, uh, down at Southern Wilkin County in Minnesota, you know, is kind of popping up on our radar as an area that, that may be advancing into the D1. Cooling across the U.S. plains next week will bring temperatures back to a normal to below normal range and touch off some light rain showers. However, 
World Weather Incorporated says a ridge of high pressure will return late next week, bringing a return to warmer and dry conditions. High temperatures next week are expected to range from the upper 60s to lower 80s with scattered rains. Moisture totals will vary from a tenth of an inch to an inch in a few localized areas. Drought conditions are expanding in North Dakota, but improving slightly in Minnesota and South Dakota. According to the latest U.S. Drought Monitor map, the southern portion of Richland County, North Dakota, is starting to show moderate drought conditions. Sargent County, North Dakota, is showing abnormally dry conditions. In the last week, the severe drought across southeastern Minnesota improved, but moderate drought conditions are creeping into Wilkin County in western Minnesota. Rains improved drought in South Dakota. GL Crop Consulting President Greg LaPlante says the corn growing in central and southern Richland County is seeing the biggest setback due to dry conditions. Over the last 10 days, we, we, we kind of ran out of our subsoil moisture that we had built up over the spring. And some of that is that the crop developed so rapidly that it just didn't have time to root in like it had last year. And so I don't think our, our corn roots have explored the full four feet or five feet. I think they're probably tapped out in the top couple feet. And so uh, some fields are going to be uh, close to being zeroed out, I'm afraid. Uh, east of Barney, all the way out you know, through uh, Wilkin County, uh, up to Otterton, that part of the valley is is probably the bullseye for this flash drought right now. LaPlante says if the area would have received good rains, it would have helped greatly. Fields were pushing during spring planting and some of the crop got mudded in. Rains can fix that, but the million dollar rains never came. Japan's weather agency says there's a 60% chance of a La Nina continuing in the northern hemisphere through the early winter there's a 40% chance of weather conditions returning to normal conditions this fall. A La Nina typically brings colder than normal temps to the northern plains and upper Midwest. Aphid numbers are continuing to increase. University of Minnesota Extension entomologist Ian McRae says soybean aphids are being reported in more locations and the migration from southern Minnesota has started. Cereal aphid numbers are also rising, which is a concern with the late maturing crop. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Claire Lyseth on the Red River Farm Network. At Farmers Mutual of Nebraska, we know how important it is to protect your home sweet home. Our policies are carefully tailored specifically for you by a knowledgeable agent right here in your community. Backed by hometown service and unmatched financial strength, experience the personalized difference when your insurance is kept local. Visit fmne.com to contact an agent for a quote today. Farmers Mutual of Nebraska, always alongside you. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.